What is the last thing that you bought? Think about it for a minute. And I'm not talking about stopping off to pick up dinner on the way home from work or going to the grocery store to grab some Q-tips and trash bags. Instead, I'm thinking, what's the last thing that you bought that was actually really useful? And you bought it because you needed it for a specific purpose. Because if you're anything like me, then I suspect you have a lot of things that you use every single day that are actually really useful, but they've become so useful they're just part of your routine and your habit and you don't even think about them anymore. See, because I think that making a purchase these days is so easy with one-click purchasing on Amazon and same day or next day delivery. The fact that I haven't made a purchase with cash in who knows how long, it's just so possible to make purchases that we don't even really think about the things that we have around us that help us get through our day. Now, my friend Alex Tran, he sent me a text message after he heard the first episode of List Three Things, and he said, I've got a topic for you, and you've got to do it, and I completely agreed with him. So, we picked up a conversation, and this is the list we made. What are your three most useful purchases for less than $25? Before we get into our lists, um, I want people to just get to know you a little bit. I've known you for five, about five years. We met out in Oklahoma, both working out there, um, but you actually live in Nashville now, right? Yep. I live in the, the great uh, music capital of the world. So, <laughs> random fact, it's the music capital of the world, not just the country music capital of the world. No. Is, uh, I think a lot of people um, have that perception of Nashville. But how, how is that defined? I mean, is that just like a self, self-defined, self we're the capital? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Um, I'm not sure uh, <laughs> who officially, you know, branded Nashville that, uh, or if it is kind of, you know, self-proclaimed, yeah. you know, we are the music capital of the world. So you, one of the things that you do sort of in your spare time is you, um, you think a lot about, um, you think about how, how you spend money and budgeting and managing those kind of things. That's not your profession. That's not your background. And part of the reason why you're really good at that is because of the way your mind works, which is differently than mine. Um, like you're, you have a, a high ability for focus. I think that's one of your strengths and uh-huh. an analytical mind. Very, I would describe you as like a very thoughtful person that there's not a lot that you do, which is just sort of like off the cuff without some forethought before it. Is that an accurate way to describe you? Yeah, that's definitely uh, an accurate way um, to describe. And, you know, sometimes it's funny. So it's definitely a strength, but you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, common where your strength is also your weakness. And mm-hmm. so I also kind of view it, you know, as a, a weakness and well, as well, you know, where I will spend a, a lot of time, you know, being thoughtful and being careful and meticulous <laughs> you know, to the point of like, uh, overextending, you know, a decision or, um, overanalyzing, uh, you know, something to the point where, you know, it's like analysis by paralysis, you know, (laughs) type of situation. Um, but yeah, definitely I, I tend to, you know, be very thoughtful. Um, you know, the topic of this, you know, podcast is, you know, 25 or three things, you know, under $25. So I'm definitely very thoughtful in, you know, the things that I purchase, you know, making sure that they, uh, are, are what I need and will fit the bill. Is this something that you've spent a lot of time thinking about before? No, I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. So the, the question ultimately came from the Tim Ferriss show, okay. uh, who, who is a, you know, a really popular podcast. 
yep. uh, you know, across the globe. And so he asked a question to his audience, uh, you know, fairly regularly of like, what's a hundred dollar purchase in the past six months that has provided the most value, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. And so I always really like that question. The challenge with it is that, you know, a hundred dollars, like in my mind, a hundred dollars, like if I'm just listening to it, I'm not necessarily going to go out, you know, and buy something that's a hundred dollars just, sure. uh, you know, because somebody said that it was really valuable. And so that's kind of where the idea came, you know, when I heard, you know, your overall podcast topic of, um, you know, I bet you if we trimmed it down to $25, you know, that's something that more, li- more than likely if somebody is listening to the podcast and they, you know, hear about it and could be useful to them, that that's a, a purchase that they could just go out and, and make without really thinking too much uh, about it. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, I think you're right. $25 is probably closer to that range for most people. It covers a, certainly covers a broader variety than a hundred of just being able to do like, Oh yeah, that's a thing. And I'm, I'm going to go out and get that. So I think that, I think that $25 is, is really good. If you get too much smaller than that, then, it, then you're like my chapstick, that's the most useful thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, exactly. Under $5. So, but I think that's one of the cool things is with the $25, it was still low enough that it felt stretching of like, I thought of four or five things and I was like, well, I can't include that cause that's 30 or that's 40. Um, so it'll be interesting just to see, um, sort of in what areas of life we pull our list from, but then also as people, uh, are listening afterwards, jumping on onto Twitter, um, and hitting us up, uh, at list three things, um, and just letting us know sort of what their things were and what, what their first takes were, where they had to eliminate things. There's another, uh, podcast called the minimalists and it's a, a couple of guys who actually have written some books and they've got a really popular blog and sort of social media presence and, and they're minimalists. And one concept they have actually that sort of relates to this, they talk about one of the reasons people end up hoarding lots of stuff or just having tons of junk is because people keep things for the just in case situation. So they end up thinking about, oh, well, I might need this if such and such happens or if such and such comes over. But they actually have this really interesting rule, which I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on. They call it the 2020 rule. They say, if, if you think, oh, I should keep this just in case, then you should get rid of anything that you haven't used in the last six months and that you can replace for less than $20 and in less than 20 minutes. So um, you you get rid of whatever it is, but then all of a sudden, three months later, you realize you actually need that thing that you got rid of, whether it's another coffee mug or it's um, uh, a cheese grater or whatever. If you can go get it and it costs less than $20 and it would take you less than 20 minutes to go get it again, then you should probably just go ahead and get rid of it because there's a decent chance you're actually not going to have a just-in-case moment where you would need it, which I think is is an interesting way to uh, sort of evaluate the things that you already have. What what do you think about that? Have you ever heard of anything like that before? No, I haven't heard um, of uh, the 2020. And and so it's really interesting because I think it it covers a few different things that – you know, come to mind. So like the cost aspect of it, you know, so it's helping you kind of draw some boundaries so that uh, what you're throwing away is not going to be like really expensive, you know, to recover mm-hmm. or, you know, the time aspect, uh, it's not going to take a long time, you know, to recover it. So um, I always like, you know, those type of, you know, rules or, or whatnot, because it makes, you know, the decision a lot easier. Of, okay. You know, you have the essentially these two, you know, uh, criteria, you know, will it, you know, take me uh, 20 minutes or less to replace it will be under $20. Yes or no, you know, and so that essentially makes a decision for you. And so uh, my little sister is, you know, probably a a minimalist, although she doesn't proclaim it. (laughs) And so she read, uh, I can't remember a book, what book she read, but it's, I think a really popular one. And so I think it was about uncluttering, you know, your house. And Mm -hmm. so the phrase that she was running with is, does this thing bring me joy? 
Yeah. And so if she can't answer that a definitive yes, then she throws it away or she gets rid of it. And so that was, you know, another interesting uh, or, or a minimalist, like I guess, approach. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that book that that she read was probably called "The Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up." It's a really really popular book right now. It's by Marie Kondo, and and yes. and basically you go room by room and pick up literally every single object and say, "Does this bring me joy?" And if it doesn't, you thank it for its service and then you re- release it. You put it into a pile to get rid of. Nice. So literally, she says to thank you, thank it for its service, and then you throw yeah. it. Away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a little it's a little touchy feely for most people's uh, uh, tastes, but yeah. it's really popular for a reason because it gives people sort of a framework. Um, by which to sort of approach getting control over their lives and the and the objects that they have stored up in their closets and, and around their house. So how um, how did you approach this as you sat down to sort of start working on your list of three? Um, did you have any specific criteria, or did you have a framework for or for how you wanted to sort of categorize and and figure out what those three things would be? Yeah, so I initially started um, by really just going through you know my day to day you know process, and uh-huh. I figured. You know, probably the most useful things are things that I'm going to use, you know, every single day. And so, you know, when I pitched uh, the idea and, you know, knew that we were going to record it, I started kind of keeping a mental log of mm-hmm. like looking at every single thing that I use <laughs> every day. Yeah. You know, my silverware, you know, my fingernail clippers and just all sorts of random things. Just <laughs> you know, thinking about, you know, is this like one of the most top three useful things, you know, that I own? Um, so that's kind of how I approached it is I just kind of was a little bit more aware, you know, during the day, basically through that, I was able to kind of identify, you know, three different things that to me felt like they were the most useful, um, and that brought the most value, you know, to my life. And then, and so then I shared it with a, a group of friends, um, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And then they noticed that there was actually like a common thread hmm. uh, to it. And I was like, that's cool, but <laughs> I wanted some diversity, you know, to it as well. Yeah. So I ended up uh, throwing out one of them and, and then replacing it with something else that is uh, not necessarily the most useful thing, but, you know, one that, that I hope, you know, to be. Um, sure. So, you know, we'll get into that. I'll, I'll probably share that last. But that's good. So that's kind of the approach that I took. Now, as you were being just, I mean, it sounds like you were sort of just being more mindful of the things that you use on a daily basis. Was there anything, and maybe you'll talk about this when you go through your list, but was there anything that you, that you're just more like thankful for all of a sudden, because you took a little bit of time to recognize how useful it is? Uh, Yes. So um, probably number two uh, in particular, you know, Uh on my list will be the one that that I'm most thankful for, because it's one that um, I hadn't thought about. Uh, I didn't realize, I guess, how, how useful it was um, gotcha. until I actually bought bought one and, and started using it. Um, and so that has made me, you know, more thankful. And it's also made me, you know, appreciate. Um, so not to, you know, so not to be completely vague and whatnot. So it's related to running. Okay. Um, and so it has made me uh, appreciate, you know, running and, and enjoy the process of running a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, since I, I was able to, to buy it and, and start using it. So. Gotcha. Well, let's let's stop uh, tiptoeing here, and we'll we'll jump in. So, why don't you um, why don't you give us your list of three things that are the most useful purchases under twenty five dollars? All righty. Well, since I kind of teased uh, the running thing, I'll I'll go ahead and lead with that. Uh, which uh, and so that is essentially what I like to call a runner's fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So to give you just a to give everybody just a little bit of backstory in the past when I run I've um, you know basically not listened to any music 
you know, or whatnot. It's just strictly running. Uh-huh. And so then I got to the point where like my runs were starting to get a lot longer and, and then it became a lot more boring, you know, to, <laughs> to do these, you know, seven mile runs. Yeah. And so that's when I was trying to incorporate, you know, listening to music or, or podcasts uh, mostly. And so, and so like the only phone that I have is an iPhone six. And so like, I'm always super afraid to run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see people, you know, holding it in their hands, you know, and running and I'm just like one, you know, rock or one <laughs> trip. And yeah. then like, I am, you know, busting up the screen on my yeah, I, I actually did that once. I was, I was, I did an eight mile run. I was at the very end of it. And I had taken the phone out of my armband to check, to check the time and to see how much further I had to go. And like at the exact moment I looked down at my phone, I completely tripped, fell. And I, of course I tried to catch myself with my hands and I had my, my smartphone, my Android phone in my left hand and, and completely shattered it. Oh Yeah. And so that's a nightmare that I do not ever want to experience. Um, and so, uh, and then I, you know, I know I see a lot of people with the armbands and so I have like super, super skinny arms. And so <laughs> none of them ever really fit. And because the iPhone six is a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. like not that it really does, but it feels like it's like overpowering one side of my body, <laughs> you know? And so like, I'm like, you know, be slowly leaning over to the right, you know, when I'm running because of the weight, you know, on the arm. And that led me to the runner's fanny pack. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, essentially, it's a, a really, really slim down, like streamlined, like you can hide it, you know, under your shirt. So most of the most people, if they're not really paying attention, won't realize that you've got it on. And then uh, I ran a race, a uh, 5K this past weekend uh, with a buddy and, and he stole his wife's uh, runner's fanny pack. And he was also blown away, you know, by how <laughs> you know, convenient it, it was. And so... And then uh, the second thing um, is a car, uh, a phone holder in my car, uh, and a very specific one. It's okay. the uh, IOTI Easy Touch, uh, and they have a second generation right now. So it's the IOTI Easy Touch Two, mm-hmm. which I believe is the the most highly rated and the most popular uh, car um, mount uh, on Amazon. And this has become like my go-to gift anytime there's like a you know white elephant you know gift exchange or dirty santa like i for whatever reason buy this because i want as many people to have one of these as possible (laughs) um because i use my gps you know on my phone you know everywhere i go and so like i used to just you know put it on the the phone and then you know put it on the uh, stick it in the center console and then when you're like looking down at the center console you know that obviously you know takes your eyesight away from the road sure uh, and then puts you kind of in a dangerous position and, um, or like, you know, I was with a friend and he put his phone in his lap. And so like, while we were driving somewhere, he's like constantly looking down <laughs> in his lap and I'm just like, this is just an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, having the, you know, the, uh, the car mount essentially kind of right there at, uh, on the dashboard, kind of at eye level where you can, you know, kind of keep an, an eye on the road uh-huh. and the phone, you know, at the same time, um, just has been like really, really convenient you know, and also for listening, you know, to podcasts to be able to conveniently, you know, tap on the phone and um, just kind of control, you know, the phone in a more accessible and, and safer manner. Not that I, you know, really encourage people to be, you know, working on the phone a lot. You know, when they're <laughs> right, yeah. Most uh, states, uh, I think these days prohibit that, in fact. Yeah. And, uh, and so one random thing about this uh, easy touch is that it has like legitimately the most industrial strength suction cup uh, thingy <laughs> on it. 
Uh, and so anybody that, you know, uses their phone a lot in their car like this, you know, like it is a great device and I, I believe it's like 15 or 20 bucks, you know, so worth getting. Now, is it the kind where the phone like snaps in or is it like a magnet or how, how does it actually sit in the, in the thing? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, it reminds me of something else. And so it, uh, just basically snaps in, uh, they call it like the, the one touch. So with one hand, I can, you know, snap it into the phone and release the phone. Mm, okay. Um, the convenience of the one touch, uh, is actually like really, really good. So I would say that that's probably the, uh, best feature uh, of this car mount is how easy it is to get the phone in and out. And this perfectly demonstrates your thoughtfulness and your thoroughness that you have purchased multiple, uh, different mounts and you like down to like the nitty gritty details of features of like, how does it go in and out? That's awesome. Yeah, that's a running joke with uh, one of my friends is that I don't buy anything without doing a ton of research, research beforehand. <laughs> and so he was like, you would even research pens before you buy them, um, which is also very true. Which is true. I, I remember reading a blog post uh, about pens that you've written before. Yes, yes. So That's good. So the final thing. So um, this, as I mentioned before, is something that has not become the most useful, but I hope um, you know, will be the most useful. And so this is actually an answer that, uh, Tim Ferriss gave, you know, to that same question. Um, uh, and so his answer was this thing called the five minute journal, hmm. which is for people like myself who just for whatever reason have not been able to journal regularly or are just not really good at that free flowing, you know, this is what I'm thinking right now. So I'm just going to like jot it all down in one fluid stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it provides a, a much more structured uh, approach to journaling. Uh, every day you essentially answer, you know, the same questions, you know, so you start your morning by listing three things that you're grateful for, three things that would make the day great, uh, and then one daily affirmation of, you know, basically encouraging yourself like I am hmm. a, a really funny guy or just, you know, something to encourage yourself. Uh, and then at the end of the day, you kind of recap it by listing three amazing things that happened. Hmm. Uh, and then listing one thing that could have made the day better. And so it just really provides, you know, I think a pretty straightforward and easy way, you know, to journal um, and, you know, kind of hitting the main, you know, things, you know, of the day. And so I, I probably followed the journal for a month or so, maybe like six months uh, ago. And, and I could tell, you know, a noticeable difference in like my approach, you know, for the day. Hmm. Um, and, and just, you know, I think the grateful question, you know, is really good, you know, yeah. so learning to be more grateful. And then also the end of the day, you know, kind of postmortem, you know, of, you know, what, what went really well, you know, for the day, um, but what could have also improved the day. And, and so, like I said, like it, it went really, really well, you know, for me. Um, and I just lost, you know, the discipline uh, of doing it every single day. And so, you know, as I was kind of thinking, you know, of things for this, you know, podcast to share, you know, I was reminded, you know, of how useful this was, even though it hasn't been useful to me, you know, since I haven't been using it. Um, right. So, but, but yeah, so the five minute journal uh, is one that I hope now that I've done this podcast and have been um, reminded <laughs> how useful it is uh, to continue using it again. Yeah, that's really good. Um, there are a lot, I mean, there's a lot of people who talk about the benefits and value of starting out your day journaling or just having a mental process that gets your day sort of jump started. Uh, some of those questions that are in the one you're referencing remind me a little bit of Donald Miller. Um, he's got a productivity, a productivity sheet that he fills out every single day. And it starts out with, you know, sort of what are the three projects I'm going to work on? And then what are the things that I'm going to reward myself with? And then, you know, 
if I was living today for the second time, what would I do differently? Um, which is uh, basically a similar way of coming back towards that gratitude question, I think. But that's really interesting. I love that. Yeah. Now I'm excited to hear what you got up your sleeves and how you approached, um, you know, listing <laughs> your things out. Yeah, it's interesting because I, like I said, I had a, a little bit of a hard time doing this just because um, it's just not something that I think about in terms of what do I, what do I use frequently and what, you know, what's really useful and really valuable for me. I am much more of a, I'm more prone to making sort of whimsical decisions. Um, and that's what I love about you, Adam. <laughs> You're whimsy. Yes. Um, that's what we'll call it. When we like it, we'll call it whimsy. When we don't like it, we'll call it irresponsibility. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I spent some time thinking about this and sort of, I, I did a little bit of what you did in terms of just thinking through my day and trying to figure out, you know, what do I use frequently? What do I use every single day? Is there anything that just is around me all the time? And I'll start out with one that is essentially um, jumping off the same point of where you finished on number three. So for me, my number one would actually be a combination of a moleskin journal and a micron pen. I am not, I'm not the kind of person who's ever thought about pens um, writing, writing utensils and having a favorite kind. But I do remember reading your blog post about, <laughs> about pens um, and thought, huh, that's really interesting. But I didn't put any of it into practice. Um, and then my current boss, he actually loaned me one maybe six months ago. And um, I just really thought, man, I love the way that this writes. I love the way that it feels in my hand when I'm writing. And I've been trying to get into a more consistent practice of journaling and writing and, and just sort of processing things in on paper rather than just in my head. And as I've been writing more, I've just found a lot more value in having a pen that feels good, whether it's underlining in a book or if it's journaling, whatever it is. Um, so for sure, I would do that. And so I sort of put those two together just because you sort of have to have both to make them useful. Um, and I just love the, the, the look and the feel and the portability of the, the moleskin journal. So do you keep, uh, the moleskin with you like everywhere you go? Like, is it small enough to put in your pocket or just like uh, dedicated times that you have for journaling? I, I have had a pocket size before, probably seven or eight years ago and I used it, but that was before the days of smartphones. Um, so I don't use it for sort of, um, the one that I have now is more of a book sized and I don't use it for quick thoughts or jotting down notes or reminders, things like that. I use, you know, apps and things like that on my phone, but I will use it for, um, daily journaling or even, um, writing out prayers, things like that. But then also if I'm doing some more just ideating and I don't have a whiteboard nearby, or I'm just trying to work through process through something I need to talk with somebody about or a project that I want to get started off and sort of get some framework laid out in front of me so I can look at it rather than just have it playing in my head. But I would say, yeah, I do carry it with me everywhere I go in that it's in my computer bag and, and that goes with me pretty much everywhere I go these days. Nice. And so uh, on the micron pens, I know they come in different um, like do. nib sizes. What's your, your go-to nib size? I knew you were going to ask me that. I think it's the... I think it's the 0 0.03. Okay, so it's a little bit thicker then. It is. And in okay. fact, I think the one that my boss, Matt, gave me six months ago or whatever, I think it was a 0 0.005, which is yeah, super like, thin. Super thin. And I kept like scratching the paper instead of like actually <laughs> writing with it because I, I tend to write with more of uh, an angle rather than a vert vertical pen. Right. Uh, so having the 0 0.03, man, this feels really nerdy and I love it. Um, <laughs> Writing with the point zero three is better because I can still maintain some of that angle, but then it's still at that thin line that doesn't just sort of bleed and, and take over the page. Nice, nice. Good stuff. Good. Okay. Um, 
So for number two, I actually shared this one with my wife, with Stacy beforehand, and she just sort of um, laughed and said, yeah, you should probably share all of yours with me just so I can check them. <laughs> um, so for me, the next one would be Gold Toe Socks. Um, so Gold Toe is the brand. Gold Toe is the brand, Socks. Okay. I, am a, I am a big believer in quality socks because for nine months of the year, eight months of the year, I wear socks every single day. And even though I'm not like hiking miles and miles every day, and I actually probably spend more time sitting than I do standing these days, I just love the feel of good socks, fresh socks, clean socks when you put them on. Uh-huh. And so having just like having a consistent sock experience <laughs> <laughs> day after day just makes me feel good. Like it's a small delight in my day to put on a pair of socks that feel good. In fact, maybe seven or eight years ago, I threw away all of my socks because they were like 15 different brands. And not only is that annoying when you have to match them up in the laundry, um, but you just never know what kind of a day you're going to have with your feet because you got <laughs> these, you know, the elastics completely shot. So at, at one point I just decided I'm only buying, I'm, I'm committing to one brand. And yes, they're a little more expensive, but they last longer. They feel better. Uh, and so I'm I pretty much, except for running, I have, I, I wear a different brand for running, but day-to-day day socks, dress socks, and just whatever socks, um, I only wear gold-toed now. Okay, so my number three, my third thing, and this is the one where I was, um, I, I was so thankful that I remembered this because it's not something that I think about frequently, but now that I have thought about it, uh, I just, I do feel more thankful for it on a consistent basis because I'm mindful about it. Um, and that is our shower head. In, Ooh, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our shower. Um, the story behind this is that when we got married, we've been married for uh, almost 11 years now, um, someone, and I remember who it was, his name's Dave, gave us as a wedding present a shower head, which I, I don't think that we had registered for. Um, <laughs> though, looking in hindsight, I would encourage people who are getting married to just register for anything and everything, because um, why not? Um, but somebody gifted us a shower head and it's it's a it's a circular if you're looking at it from a bird's eye view it's a circular shower head and so it's got this big flexible neck and so it's supposed to sort of simulate rain like it's one of those rain shower heads pretty big head uh-huh. and so you you stand under it rather than sort of at an angle out from it gotcha um I mean, there's a Seinfeld episode about this, right? Like low, <laughs> low water pressure can ruin not only hairstyles, but entire moods and attitudes and days. And so if you're starting off your day in the shower, it, it makes sense that you would want to make sure that you have a good shower head. Um, you go to a hotel and you have a bad shower head. That's just that it's noticeable. You recognize it, but you don't think about it when you're at home. So we love the shower head. Um, I don't know that Stacy feels as strongly about it as I do, <laughs> but I love it. In fact, we're on our second one. Like we, we've moved, you know, five or six times. And I don't remember if either it just got sort of worn out um, or if we accidentally forgot it in one of our houses or whatever. But we actually went out and bought the exact same model um, and brand and everything so that we could have the same showerhead experience. Nice. Um, and so we've, we've got it. Um, it's the same one. It's a, it's a water, water pick is the brand. And I actually looked it up, up on Amazon just to make sure it was less than $25. And it is. It's only $20. So that's another one where I think like the, with the socks and the shower head, it, it just sort of points to this like small daily joy of a thing that it's super easy to take for granted. But, um, you know, you can take delight in the small things too. And those yeah. can sort of carry you a long way if you, if you let them. 
so yeah, those are my those are my three things. Dude, that's exciting. Is there anything that almost made the list? Maybe list a couple there that yeah. you thought might have made the list or you weren't certain about whether they should be on there or not. Yeah, so two things uh, immediately come to mind. So the one that I cut off from the list was actually a pair of, I think, like $13 headphones that I bought hmm. from Monoprice. And that, uh, so I use these headphones every single day um, as part of my job and then also uh, when I'm running. Mm-hmm. And they've held up like a champ. And then the other thing that I uh, immediately came to mind when I thought about it, but I didn't know, uh, I kind of cut it because I didn't think it would apply to a broader audience. And so that's actually a uh, binder clip that I use as a money clip. Um, Oh, yeah. And so I've had, uh, I've been using a binder clip for a money clip for probably like 15, 15 years or so. And it is by far like the best money clip that I've ever had. It's just... (laughs) And Super this, practical, functional. Uh, it's cheap. I think I got ten of them for like a dollar at Walmart. <laughs> I mean, this completely replaced your your need for a wallet, right? Yeah. So I don't carry a, a wallet, you know, at all. And so it makes you know the 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 wallet, you know, super streamlined, super thin. I can put it in my front pocket, and um, you know, not have to worry about you know being pickpocketed or you know sitting on it and, and whatnot. And so. And I, I want to say I had the same money clip for like 10 years uh, before um, it started wearing down a little bit. And then I had to replace it with another one. And mm-hmm. so uh, so that's just incredibly useful for those that, you know, primarily guys, you know, that, you know, want a more streamlined wallet. I, I don't think you can go wrong with a, a money clip or a binder clip. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, you're talking, I mean, I've seen it before. It's just straight up like the black clip with the, the silver yeah. um, arms on it. Yeah. And you can get them in different sizes, you yep. know, so depending on how you know big your wallet is or how many cards you need to hold or, or whatnot. All right. Why don't you um, read off for me again one more time, li- your list of uh, three things, most useful purchases under $25. Uh, number one is uh, a runner's fanny pack, which uh, I'll send you the specific model uh, yeah. that I bought um, just in case anybody is interested in also sporting this great little fanny pack of mine. <laughs> um, uh, number two is the Iodi Easy Touch 2, a uh, little car uh, cell phone holder. Um, and then the third thing is the five-minute journal, um, which you can buy online uh, at their website. That's awesome. And mine were the number one was the Moleskin Journal and Micron Pen. Two were Gold Toe Socks. And three was the Waterpick Showerhead. Cool. Alex, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for the idea. I I really appreciate you sharing that idea. I think it'll produce a lot of really good conversations, both online and then just in person with people as people listen. So um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. 